a desert planet with twin suns. They call themselves the Bad Batch. We do what we do. What else you got? Give me more! Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks Regs. Uh, today is my review and breakdown of episodes one and two of the Bad Batch series that started this past Tuesday. So, what I'm going to be doing right now is I'm going to be uh, doing my non-spoiler review first. Then I'm going to do my review slash breakdown of both episodes. That's Aftermath and Cut and Run. And then uh, I'm going to do some theories about what's uh, going to be going on with the series moving forward. So this is going to be a longer episode than these normally will be because I'm doing two full episodes and I'm still kind of figuring out the whole breakdown thing. I don't know how detailed or not detailed I should be. Uh, also, big news. Um, we are officially not in the dorm room anymore. I'm recording this from my home in Houston, uh, which is exciting. Very exciting. Uh, the, the, rest, the, the rest of the episodes that are coming out on Wednesdays will still be uh, recordings from my dorm because I record those ahead of time. But uh, yeah, this is my first one uh, in a different location, which is super, super exciting. So without further ado, Let's dive right into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. So first off, we're going to have our non-spoiler review, but before I get into that, uh, we have gotten confirmation from Supervising Director ben, uh, Brad Rao sorry, that there are 16 total episodes in Bad Batch, which means that we're going to have Bad Batch until August, which is super, super exciting. I wasn't expecting it to be more than maybe 12, so I'm very, or even maybe less than that since the first episode is so long. So that's a super, super exciting thing. But, uh, so my non-spoiler review for the first episode. I have these scripted out just because I don't want to accidentally say anything uh, to spoil anything. So I'm just going to be reading them. It's going to be a little less off the cuff than normal. So for episode one, Aftermath. This episode is absolutely fantastic. 75 minutes of greatness. I was mildly worried that the show was going to fall short in comparison to The Clone Wars, but it did not. If anything, it's a beautiful extension of the same storyline. I love the group's dynamic and the way that the series fits into the existing timeline. The animation is breathtaking and the overall atmosphere took me back to feeling like a little kid in the theater watching the original Clone Wars movie for the first time in the absolute best way possible. It's hard to say more without spoilers, don't waste any more time and go start this amazing series if you haven't already. So that's my, it's a very vague review. I find it very hard to do reviews without spoilers, but that's just, I really enjoyed the first episode. It's like an animated movie and it's really, really cool. So there are going to be maybe some mild spoilers for episode one in my review for episode two. So if you haven't watched episode two yet, stop right now. Or if you haven't watched episode one yet, stop listening right now. Like now. Okay. Episode two, Cut and Run. I really enjoyed Cut and Run. It capitalized on the momentum, or it capitalizes on the momentum of Aftermath and rides that wave hard. We get a lot more development for Hunter and get some great callbacks to the Clone Wars. I love the team operating as fugitives and really seeing them in their element. I could feel the tension in this episode. It captures the atmosphere of this era of Star Wars perfectly. Um, okay. So... That 
concludes my both of my non-spoiler reviews for the first two episodes. Now starts my extensive spoiler warning. The rest of this episode has very big spoilers because I'm literally breaking down the episodes. There are spoilers in the rest of this episode. If you have not watched episode one or episode two, probably don't listen to the rest of this. If you watched one and not the other, there will be separate. Um, and I can put timestamps in the description uh, just so you can hop around a little bit easier. But do not listen if you haven't watched either of them, don't listen to the, the rest of this. Don't, 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 don't. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Okay, so episode one, Aftermath. This is my spoiler review. So we start with an incredible opening with remade scenes from Revenge of the Sith, which makes me so happy because that's my favorite movie. And I have always wanted to see like some, a little more, like some snippets in the Clone Wars animation style. I love when that happens. And the opening sequence is pretty fantastic. So we see Depa Balaba, who is a Jedi Master, who is actually the apprentice to Mace Windu. Um, and she's pinned down with her clone forces trying to hold off a Separatist offense, offensive. And we see Caleb Doom come down to assist her. So Caleb Doom is actually Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. Um, which is super, super cool. And then we see that the reinforcements that he brought were the Bad Batch operating among the regs. And we see them just absolutely demolish the droid forces, just doing their thing, just a five-man team doing what an entire battalion cannot do. Um, and then Order 66 happens, which is absolutely heartbreaking. It's a callback to Rebels whenever... Um, Kanan is reminiscing on how his master died. And we see that the Bad Batch doesn't respond to Order 66, minus Crosshair. Crosshair has a bit of a tingling, like, maybe I should do something. And apparently this kind of retcons and the original backstory for Kanan and his experience with Order 66, which was apparently very amazing. I never read the comic where that happened, so I was just happy to see any more Order 66 content in general. But uh, apparently some people are kind of upset about that. We get to see Kanan's mistrust for clones forming, as we see in Rebels, and then we see uh, Hunter's individuality as he lets him go. Crosshair is trying his best to get Kanan. He and Hunter are tracking him together, and Hunter allows Kanan to escape, much to Crosshair's dismay, as he reiterates, uh, Crosshair reiterates the phrase, good soldiers follow orders, which is a callback to Tup whenever he has a malfunction in his inhibitor chip back in Clone Wars Season 6. So Clone Wars is at odds with the rest of the team, or at least with Hunter, because of his, uh, his uh, the fact that he didn't execute Order 66 with them. And as they return to Kamino, we get to see a shift from the clones that we knew in the Clone Wars, the Regs, to a more militant and stormtrooper-like force. And we also see when we get there, there are, first of all, there are shock troopers there, which are the more military-like clones to begin with who uh, kind of operate on Coruscant. And we see them carrying a Jedi on a stretcher, 
the Jedi's covered, so we don't know who it is. And it's it's some it's a Jedi with purple skin and a lightsaber that is not super recognizable. So I don't think it's a Jedi that we've seen before necessarily, but we see the lightsaber fall from the hand under the tarp that's covering the body on the stretcher. And it's just super ominous because the clones don't really even react or the regs don't. The Bad Batch are kind of suspicious. Um, and we see that the Bad Batch are kind of seen as outsiders to the other regs. And we learn a bit more about the fact that their inhibitor chip... Well, we don't really know if they have inhibitor chips. It's very unclear since they didn't... Most of them didn't execute Order 66. Um, the other clones are completely on board with the Imperial takeover. We get to see the scene, a kind of a, a different perspective of the scene in Revenge of the Sith whenever Palpatine announces the establishment of the new Galactic Empire. And pa- Padme is like, well, this is how democracy dies or liberty dies with thunderous applause. Um... So we see that from the clones' perspective on Camino, and just how like eerie it is that the clones are so like they're cheering for the emperor, and the bad batch are calling them programmed. Like they don't fully understand the extent of the inhibitor chips and what they do, but they're just they're very thrown off by all of it. Uh, we meet Omega. Her role is left mysterious, but she is Nalise's kind of uh, medical assistant. And she knows all the Bad Batch members, which they are kind of thrown by as well. Tarkin arrives to terminate the production of clones. He meets with uh, Lama Su, the Prime Minister of Kamino, to kind of like end the Republic's, or now the Empire's production of clones, because he says that hired... Uh, or enlisted soldiers are cheaper than uh, clone troopers. Uh, we see the Bad Batch's relationship with Regs uh, when they have a giant fight in the mess hall. The ba- uh, the Regs are kind of snickering at them. It's like, oh, this they call them the Sad Batch. And uh, we see them absolutely whoop up on some Regs. Uh, in this fight, which Tarkin oversees. And Echo ends up getting distracted when he sees Tarkin and gets knocked out. Whenever he comes to, we see AZ-13 from the Fives arc in Clone Wars Season 6, uh, which is a super fun callback. I really enjoyed his character and his dynamic with Fives, and it's it's kind of touching that he worked on both Fives and Echoes. It serves to reason that he wouldn't remember Fives. He probably got his memory erased, but... Um, we learn that Tarkin remember, or I mean, Echo remembers Tarkin from the Citadel, Clone Wars season three, and he tells the team that Tarkin doesn't care for clones very much, but Tarkin does wish to see the Bad Batch in action. So we see a similar training environment for the Bad Batch to Domino Squad in uh, the very beginning of Clone Wars season three. Whenever we see uh, kind of how clones are prepared for combat. Uh, and the squad prevails despite unfair wrinkles thrown in by Tarkin, like live rounds, uh, which are essentially like fatal blasts from the guns that are involved. And also, I think that they could be like prototypes to the Dark Troopers in Mando, like pre-Empire prototypes that were used, which could be kind of cool. We learn that the Kaminoans, whenever they're talking to Tarkin about the Bad Batch, they have five enhanced clones left. 
they they've attempted to kind of enhance their clones, but only five have been successful and are still alive. Um, sorry, I lost my spot on my outline. Uh, Tarkin is impressed by the Bad Batch's performance in the training and sends them to Onderon to subdue some insurgents that he says are trying to keep the galaxy at war. Omega tries to warn Hunter of something, but ends up not doing so. Uh... He, he tries. She tries to get Hunter to take her with him and the, the rest of the team, but Hunter does not uh, agree to this. Whenever they get to Ondron, it turns out that the insurgents that they have been sent to eliminate are Saw Gerrera and his freedom fighters, and they are fighting against Palpatine's unjust rule because they identified the shift in galactic politics, I suppose, and they're not on board with it. Uh, and I just, I love seeing Saw and his kind of, essentially they, uh, how his freedom fighters from the Clone Wars kind of evolve into uh, the early days of the Rebel Alliance. I just think that that sort of stuff is amazing. Um, so the squad ends up letting Guerrera and his people go, despite Crosshair's protests. And the squad is being followed by a probe droid, much like those seen in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and Hunter shoots down this droid after bickering with Crosshair a bit about letting Saw Gerrera go. And they resolve that they are no longer safe and must leave because Tarkin is um, surveying them against their will, essentially. And uh, they make the distinction... Well, Hunter realizes that that's what Omega was trying to warn him about, that Kamino is no longer safe. And then they make the distinction that, or Tech makes the distinction, that Omega is the fifth enhanced clone. He examined her DNA whenever they were in the medical bay when Echo was knocked out. And they believe that since Tarkin doesn't know that Echo's a reg, just cybernetically enhanced that uh he must think he doesn't realize that omega is the fifth clone so they resolve to go back and uh rescue her and bring her with them omega is caught sneaking into the bad batch's quarters along with az and we see the brutality of the new clones as she is detained and az is uh stunned the Bad Batch is detained whenever they arrive on Kamino for colluding with Saw Gerrera. Omega empathizes with Crosshair as he... And uh, in, in they're both detained in the same spot. And Crosshair is so angry at Hunter for essentially going soft. And uh, he thinks that he's no longer fit to lead. Omega empathizes with him and says, Hey, I know what you're going to do. I know that it's not your fault, but please don't do it. That being said, they take Crosshair away... And they essentially enhance the effectiveness of his inhibitor chip. So we learn that the Bad Batch all do have inhibitor chips, but they um, they are essentially dampened by their individuality. So they're able to kind of overcome the effects of the inhibitor chips. Uh, the rest of the team escapes with Omega's help, and they attempt to find Crosshair. As they're escaping and they get all their gear, they end up in a shootout with some shock troopers and a newly brainwashed Crosshair. Uh, and so there's a big firefight. Uh, Wrecker gets shot. 
but Nalase helps with their escape by leaving the cargo uh, bay doors open. Or the, the, I don't know what it's called, the, the bay doors open. And the group escapes with the help of Omega, who takes an excellent shot. Crosshair has um, Hunter's head in his crosshair, and Omega shoots the gun out of his hand from a very far distance, which is super, super impressive, especially since she says she has never held a gun before. So the group escapes, and uh, they set out for Sector J-19, which is a callback to the Seleucami system, Sector J-19, which is where the events of Grievous Intrigue and the Deserter take place in Episodes 9 and 10 of Clone Wars Season 2. And this is uh, translated for, uh, by Obi-Wan from Ethcoth's uh, hand signals in the, uh, where he's like, Seleucami system, Sector J-19. Um, and this is where Cut Quain is, the clone deserter with his wife, and this was a very proud nerd moment for me when I remembered this. It was right like right after I was watching with some people, and I was like, did they just say J-19? And I was like, that's what that is. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I'm just, that's just a brag. I don't know if it's a, if it's a brag. That's kind of sad that I know that. But I don't think many people would pick up on that if I, I happened to watch that episode a lot where they reference it. But anyways, that's just how we'll brag. That's the end of the episode. Uh, we kind of see the Kaminoans operating kind of on their own agenda. They don't really inform the Empire uh, of the Bad Batch's escape right away. They're like, let's just see what their what their deal is, and then we'll 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 take it from there. But uh, but yeah, that's that's aftermath. It was amazing. Seventy five minutes, absolutely fantastic. So. Moving right along, if you haven't watched episode 2 yet, stop right here. Stop right here. I'm about to spoil episode 2 Cut and Run, which I just watched, by the way, like an hour ago. Um, and it's it's really good. Uh, okay, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Let's start episode 2 Cut and Run. So the, tr the team is, in fact, traveling to Seleucami. And as they're kind of landing, we see a Nexu attacking some uh, local animals. Uh, so the Nexu is the like the cat-like creature that we see in the Gene Ocean Arena in Episode Two, Attack of the Clones. And uh, so that that's just kind of a little cool callback. Cool to see that in uh, Clone Wars animation, or I guess Bad Batch animation. Uh, when they land, Omega is enchanted by everything around her she hasn't ever left the cloning facility on Camino, so she doesn't know what dirt is and she's never breathed like fresh air um the team is walking through the environment and omega is in awe of absolutely everything and we learn that the bad batch knows a clone deserter that lives on salukmai uh and it's unclear how they know him but they just know of him and they spring a perimeter trap and are met by Cut and Sue Laquain from The Deserter in Clone Wars Season 2. Uh, which is so, so much fun to see them again. We only saw them in that one episode where Rex gets shot, but it is so amazing to see them again. Uh, we learn that Rex passed through the Laquain homestead recently and informed them of the clone inhibitor chips in Order 66. Uh, Omega plays with Jek and Shaia, who are the Laquane children, 
Uh, and she doesn't quite understand the concept of fun because she hasn't really ever been able to have fun. She's just been in the Kaminoan facility her entire existence. And Cut uh, asks Hunter what Omega's deal is. And he says that Kaminoans don't ever do something without a purpose. So he's wondering what her purpose is. And uh, Hunter doesn't know. Cut uh, says that he plans to leave Seleucamide due to the increasing presence of uh, clones and Imperials, saying that it's no longer safe for his family. And then Cut and Hunter go into town to get Cut's family passage off the planet, and they find a growing Imperial presence. They're impounding vehicles, and they're requiring new currency. Other than Republic credits, they're requiring Imperial credits now. And they, you have to, in order to exchange them, you need to provide your chain code. So chains codes are essentially an identification tool with all available information about an individual. So like your species, your age, all that sort of stuff is encrypted within your chain code. And the first time we were introduced to this was in The Mandalorian, because that's what they used to hunt their uh, bounties. The, man, uh, the Bounty Hunters Guild used chain codes. And so essentially what this shows is it's making it easier for the Empire to keep tabs on its citizens if they literally have all of the information about all of them. Uh, and what the, the issue with this is that chain codes make it impossible for Cut to leave the planet because he will be arrested if he's identified as a clone deserter. So in the meantime, Hunter asks how Cut was able to disappear. And Cut says that the secret is essentially forgetting about being a soldier, leaving that life behind, and going and finding a new life on a remote world somewhere where people will not find you. And in the meantime, Omega is attacked by a Nexu while retrieving a ball, uh, despite uh, Jack and Shia's uh, protest for her to go get it. And she's scolded by Hunter, but Cut reminds him that she's not a soldier. Omega realizes the dangers of the real world and goes back to the ship. Um, Hunter asks the Laquains to take Omega with them whenever they leave the planet in order for her to have the, uh, the best life that she could have that Hunter doesn't think that she can have if she's with the team. And they decide to forge some gene codes because Tech says that he is able to do that. So... Tech and Echo decide to get their ship intentionally impounded in order to gain access to the Imperial facility to forge the chain codes uh, for Cut and his family. But Omega is still on board, which provides a complication. They didn't know that. The three hide in uh, secret compartments uh, within the ship while it's being searched, much like Han Solo and all them do in the Millennium Falcon in episode for A New Hope, uh, Echo breaks into the facility using his cyber, uh, cybernetic enhancements and steals some disks for Tech to forge the chain codes with. When the time comes for them to get the codes to the Laquains, there are too many clones in their way to get past undetected, so Omega takes it upon herself and sneaks away with uh, the disks without telling Tech or Echo. Uh, and... Uh, the team ends up in a firefight with uh, some regs uh, while Omega is taking the uh, chain codes to the Laquains. Cut starts to have second thoughts about leaving right as Omega arrives with five forged chain codes. And Hunter tells her that the fifth one 
is for her, and she's going with uh, Cut's family. She's pretty hurt. She's like, I don't know what I did wrong, but she obliges. And the chain codes work, and the Laquains are able to get through. Hunter joins the firefight, and the team starts to make their escape, but Omega at the last second is uh, also coming with them. Uh, and Hunter fights off more clones to uh, buy her some time, and they make their escape. Cut is almost recognized by one of the clones uh, manning the transport, but uh, he gets distracted whenever the Bad Batch is making their escape. And Omega and Hunter at the very end of the episode have a heart-to-heart, and he says if she wants to stay, then she can stay. So that's the end of Cut and Run. My thoughts on both of these episodes, the first one is definitely more action-packed than the second one, but I think the second one worked super, super well. I love seeing the drastic shift between the clones being well-meaning, kind of valiant soldiers, to sort of almost like flesh-droid military police. Like, it, it's a very distinct shift, and I think that it's really, really well portrayed. I also like to see the kind of confusion and fear in the early days of the Empire among, like, citizens of the previous Republic. Uh, Omega is way less annoying than I thought she would be. I actually really enjoy her character, and I'm super, super interested to get some more uh, answers on who she is. I don't think that she's a FET clone, but I'll get more into that in a little bit. Uh, and I really hope that we get to see more development for uh, the characters of the Bad Batch moving forward. In that, Because I feel like my only issue with them as characters is that they fall into very specific archetypal stereotypes and um they're very just like a a bit one-dimensional and i think that they've done a great job kind of adding some depth to hunter and i hope that they continue to do that with the other members of the team so that's my review and breakdown let me get into a quick segment of my theories um for what the series is going to be moving forward in our first ever installment of Visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. So I got some pretty solid theories and hopes uh, for this series moving forward. And first of all, I'm guessing that Rex will be their next stop. Uh, I think that they will go on a quest with him to find more clone deserters or people uh, to kind of break out of the spell that the inhibitor chips put them under. Uh, Spoiler for Rebels, but maybe we'll find Wolf and Gregor as we see them with Rex uh, in Rebels whenever we're introduced to his character in that series. Ultimately, I think they will need Rex's help to remove Crosshair's inhibitor chip um, down the line. I think that we will see more of Saw Gerrera and Onderon. I'm pretty sure that we see Onderon in one of the trailers. It was either Onderon or it might be Raxus, the Separatist capital planet, or maybe it was Naboo. It's kind of unclear. The color scheme kind of fits all three of them, and I'm not entirely sure what, but I think it might be Onderon, and I really hope that we get to see more of Saw Gerrera. Uh, I hope that we see more of Kanan slash Caleb Dune is his name at the time. But I doubt it because he's still very wary of clones and rebels. So to have him interact with uh, the Bad Batch anymore, I feel like would only build trust. And I don't think that that would fit super well for his character arc. So I don't think that we're going to see more of him. Um, I think that Omega could be a Force-sensitive clone. 
I'm not entirely sure. She's either a Force-sensitive clone or she kind of has a combination of all the enhancements that the Bad Batch members have. I'm not entirely sure, but she's definitely special. The fact that she could make the shot on Crosshair uh, to shoot the gun out of his hand is super, super impressive and not something that just anyone should be able to do, especially with no uh, real training. So I'm not entirely sure. She could be the beginning of Palpatine's attempts to supplant himself using clones. We see that. I mean, I think that that's kind of what Grogu is in The Mandalorian too. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so we'll see. I'm hoping that we see some Vader action and some other Jedi survivors of Order 66. Maybe Mace, maybe Quinlan Boss. Uh, I think that at the very end, Vader's going to come into the picture and maybe kill Crosshair. Like, I think that possibly crosshair gets his chip removed and then he sacrifices himself to save the team and gets killed by vader the next most likely i think would be wrecker to get killed by vader because i feel like they're kind of they kind of established in the first episode that he is very robust because he took a couple shots from both the uh, the live rounds in the training session and from crosshair and I think that they are kind of sending that out to be like, okay, he's the most durable out of all of them, but when he comes up against someone like Vader, he's not going to be quite as uh, resilient. Um, that being said, I think that Crosshair has some semblance of uh, volition at this point, even though his... Because I think that if he wanted to, he could have taken out Wrecker and Hunter very easily but he missed his shots on purpose. Like, he still hit them, but he had just the tiniest bit of awareness and control over himself that he was able to not. Um, another thing, I know that in some Legends things, there was, like, clone uprisings on Kamino and stuff like that that the Empire had to put down. I think that would be a super cool thing to see, like, somehow the Kaminoans deactivate the inhibitor chips and the clones all rise up and fight back against the Empire, I think that would be incredible. Uh, just some other clones other than like Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, because I'm assuming we'll see all of those, all of them at some point in the series. Some other clones that I think would be really cool to see would be Dogma from the 501st, uh, Cody as like an Imperial officer, Boyle as an Imperial officer, any members of the Wolf Pack like Comet Sinker Boost, uh, Kix, who's canonically uh, in cryosleep right now, but hey, they've shown that they're kind of willing to uh, change those source materials um, for the sake of continuity in the show. Maybe Delta Squad, who is a team of clone commandos, they might get sent after the Bad Batch, which could, which could be really cool. Uh, Champ Syndulla is someone that I think we could see, just because we're kind of seeing the early days of Rebellion with Saw Gerrera, so maybe we go to Ryloth at some point and see Cham and his Freedom Fighters. Uh, Boba Fett, a younger teenage Boba Fett, would be kind of cool to see, especially with the dynamics with the clones. Um, yeah, there's not too much else. I'm really, really excited for the rest of this series. I don't know what's going to happen, which I love. Um, the trailers have done a really good job of not giving too, too much away. And yeah, I'm super excited to kind of walk through this with y'all for the next few months. Uh, and I'm not going to have a more at the end of most of these, I don't think, but I do have something that I want to talk to y'all about. So here's a little bit more. More! 
So I just want to talk to y'all real quick about uh, a new thing available on Disney Plus called Star Wars Biomes. I'm not saying that I enjoyed this more than the Bad Batch premiere, but I'm not saying that I didn't. It's kind of like Soren at Epcot uh, Di Disney World with Star Wars locations. And it is about the best serotonin boost I've had in a long, long time. And you get to just soar through various Star Wars environments, and it's the most relaxing thing that you will ever do in your life. And I would highly recommend it, like, right before you go to bed. Like, just, like, it is so peaceful. It's 18 minutes long. Can't wait for them to make another one. I don't know if they will, but I, they should. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you all about that. You get to go to, like, through Hoth, Tatooine, uh, Crate, the shrimp farming planet on in the Mandalorian that I don't remember Mandalorian season one, episode four, don't remember the planet name. Uh, Mustafar, Octo, like it's so good. Highly recommend. Uh, anyways, that's all. I just wanted to talk about that. So yeah, that concludes my first, uh, review and breakdown of the bad batch series. I really hope that y'all enjoyed this. Um, also I do apologize. I know that the first few episodes of this podcast have been a little spotty audio wise. I've been trying to fix it and it doesn't really work because a lot of these, uh, project files that I've been recording these on have been corrupted and deleted from my hard drive, which is frustrating, but I can't really go back and edit them quite as well. But especially now that I'm home, I feel like I've in my dorm, I kind of talked a little more hushed because I didn't want people in the hallway to hear me. But now I feel like I can speak a lot more at my regular speaking volume. Uh, and hopefully that the audio quality and I've, I've gotten better at audio editing in general. I feel like I've, I've kind of found my stride. So I hope that moving forward after like the next uh, month or so, the episodes will start being a little more consistent quality wise. But uh, I appreciate y'all sticking with me. I know that the, some of the segment uh, zingers are a little louder than my actual audio so it makes it a bit hard to listen sometimes but i appreciate y'all sticking with me um join us next week next wednesday we have our first guest on scott fonseca and i are going to be talking about our favorite uh things about each star wars movie so stay tuned when next wednesday that is may 12th um at 5 p.m i'll be dropping that episode uh if you want to ask me any questions email me our email is on our website which the website is twinsuntalks.wixsite.com slash twin dash sun uh the email is twinsuntalks at gmail.com if you want to follow us on instagram for some updates on when stuff is coming out go ahead follow us at twinsuntalks one word and uh, if you want other uh, notifications whenever episodes are coming out, go ahead and log in, sign up for a um, uh, an account on my website, and I can send you email blasts. I'm going to start doing that for the next episode. Uh, so you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the Force be with you, and I will see you all in the next episode.